Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan Beale, and this is the ASB Investment Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the market and helps you make smart choices with your investments. We've seen a strong recovery in the markets over the past week, so Chris Tennant Brown is back to give us an update. Why are we seeing an uplift now, and what is the outlook for the near future? These are entirely our own views. It's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB. They'll be happy to chat if you need. Okay, Chris, hey, lovely to um, talk to you. I can't see you because we're still obviously in uh, lockdown. I think we're probably three weeks, feels like three or four weeks in, and uh, we thought it was an opportune time to maybe uh, touch base and uh, catch up with what's going on. So obviously things are pretty fluid and moving uh, pretty fast, so it'll be good to... um, update our customers on what's going on and more importantly why things are changing but maybe maybe start with a little bit more about how are you finding uh, lockdown what's uh, what's been some of the interesting things you've been up to i i think it's um it's been interesting i i can't say i've i've loved all of it i've um certainly missed a lot of the um interpersonal contact that we normally get um at, at work um but it's been amazing how well um the technology can keep you can keep you connected, and um, so the thing I probably learned the most is just how much I appreciate a uh, a nice sunny day and getting out and um, and stretching the legs and that sort of thing. So um, it seems like the there's more birds in the backyard, and uh, I've have really enjoyed that aspect of it, and uh, that's been that's been a real plus for me. My backyard's uh, looking very tidy. It is some of the simple things hey, that you sort of take for granted, like sort of the sunny days or you know, going for a go for a walk or uh, clear skies. So we've got no planes flying over, so it's like the sky seems a bit clearer. And you know, and just doing simple things like you know, done a bit of baking with my with my daughter and stuff. If we if we can find flour, flour seems to be the uh, the new gold. But um, uh, it's been quite difficult to get that type of stuff. But it's it's sort of you sort of get used to it, don't you? I wouldn't want to do it forever, but certainly uh, there are there are some positives. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think it'll be really interesting to see what we keep uh, what we keep going after uh, after this, and hopefully, in my household and, and my entire neighbourhood, this uh, habit of stretching the legs and going for a walk will continue because it's uh, it's really nice. Exactly, exactly, and it keeps the weight down with all the biscuits I'm eating as well. So uh, we might uh, we just might move on, and I suppose things are you know we're getting a little bit more used to lockdown, uh, and things seem just sort of different to when we last. We last spoke, and I think there was you know share markets would were, uh, were falling by quite large uh, numbers when we when we first uh, spoke in lockdown. But since things seems to have uh, recovered somewhat, and um, markets have uh, have increased. So what what's behind that? Do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think that it's 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 a pretty amazing recovery, and in hindsight, looking back, late March was an also a, a pretty amazing period of of panic. If we look at the actual way the market was behaving back then, there was a few days where pretty much everything was for sale, and and uh, a lot of uh, bonds, a lot of companies were were or companies shares were getting sold pretty aggressively, and the only thing anyone seemed to want in the world was cold hard U.S. dollars, and the U.S. dollar got really firm, and uh, that was a really stressful point for the markets. Um, since then, there's a lot less stress in the markets, that, and and that's really a reflection of a lot of action from governments and central banks. Uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty, 
around how long we're all going to be uh, locked down for and how the next uh, months and, and years will pan out. Um, but I think markets are, are way less stressed than they were back then. And we've seen a pretty uh, pretty decent uh, recovery in, in share prices and bond yields have settled back down at really low levels again and they're nowhere near as choppy as they were back in back in March. So overall both of those developments have been really positive for investment portfolios and, and their recovery from that big dip in uh, late March. And what are, what are markets saying that maybe others don't about why 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 they feel a little bit more confident and why they've started to go uh, go up and go up in quite quite large numbers on some days. Yeah I think um the 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 truth sometimes lies in between the the levels we've seen. I think people were were panicking uh, with an order an awful lot of uncertainty and a lot of worry in in March. Then when uh, things like the the lockdown started uh, and they started to appear to work, flattening the curve as uh, as they say, people started to get optimistic. And likewise, the huge amount of money that central banks are committing to put into markets is going to be a a, a positive in the the long run. But saying that, there's still a lot of uncertainty uh, around. So I can't uh, rule out further periods of volatility. But hopefully, we won't see the outright stress that we saw in markets um, back in March purely because central banks have really put a lot of mechanisms in place to try and make sure that that, uh, that, that doesn't happen. Um, in terms of things that markets are seeing that, um, that other people aren't seeing, I don't know whether there is anything, but markets probably just aren't as panicking quite as much. But we're going to see some stuff over the next few months that, um, that will um, be challenging. Now we're just about to um, get into the thick of... Uh, reporting season in the in the states so whilst we're getting a little bit more upbeat about the outlook we're now going to start to get some hard data on how companies are actually going uh and and the lockdown and and that'll still be challenging for investors to digest over the uh over the coming months one of the things that's been really interesting and a lot of customers i've spoken to have sort of compared what we're going through at the moment to the global financial crisis and i think it was i think it was you said chris that it, that was a Banking crisis, and this is this is a health crisis. But the response from governments around the world has uh, has been massive, uh, but does seem to have helped stabilise market and confidence uh, around the world. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and and I think that the the most peculiar thing about now is really this is a if you, if you like a a self um, a self imposed uh, recession, whereas the financial system created it. Uh, last time around, whereas um, you know when we look at our forecasts, if if we chose to stop this uh, tomorrow and and we got out of lockdown and we didn't have a reoccurrence of the virus, our growth prospects would be far far better than if we stay in lockdown for a long time. And of course, none of us know exactly how that's going to pan out. We just have to see how the uh, the the health side of things evolves and what the right thing to do from a uh, from a society perspective and a policy perspective is in those uh, environments so that aspect's quite quite different to uh, the uh, the global financial crisis where we were just seeing stress after stress after stress and then that in turn impacting people and businesses I'm glad you glad you raised the word forecast because that seems to be the new buzzword of all sort of uh, treasuries around the world on uh, and no different here 
uh, with Grant Robertson, uh, I think it was yesterday, talking about uh, the work they've done on what what could the world or what could New Zealand look like through some different scenarios. And I just want to bring some, give some flavour to that because some of the numbers are quite uh, dire uh, and, and can be quite scary. So do you want to just give some sort of uh, – what's your view on – the forecast that the Reserve Bank are doing and sort of some of the stuff you're doing yourself at uh, ASB Economics Department? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, there are there are so many forecasts out there and one of the problems with it is uh, you can look at a table of scenarios. The um, Our Treasury put out seven different scenarios, um, but if you want to write a really negative story, well, then just look for the scenario that has the highest unemployment rate and that'll grab some headlines. We uh, we started out, well, we usually just present one scenario, that's our economic growth forecast. And then we were asked, hey, well, can you put a, um, a couple of extra scenarios around that? And I said, well, our other scenarios, it's just worse than what we're forecasting because this thing takes longer to sort out. That wasn't quite accurate enough. So we've simplified it down to um, three scenarios. And But I think within all of these things that people are talking about, there's a couple of key drivers that we just don't know about. The first is um, how long we need to stay in this uh, lockdown. So if we think about this um, alert level four as the as the highest level, well, economic activity is about only 60% of what it would normally be when we're in this sort of level of, of, of lockdown. So clearly, the longer we're in that, the bigger the recession is, is going to, to be. And at the other end of the scale, uh, alert level zero, if I can cheekily call returning to normal, um, well, growth will be um, whatever whatever it is. And so um, the key variable in all of these things is just the length of time we stay in the hardest lockdowns. So in that sense, it's in everyone's interest, if we can, to get back to get back to work so economic activity can resume people can start generating their own income uh, rather than needing the uh, support and 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 subsidies from the from the government and essentially that's the variation in these uh, these forecasts I think the base starting point though is that the second quarter of activity is clearly going to be a major contraction and everyone knows why when they see what's happened to um, to all of our all of our our lives from then on and it comes back to how quickly we can get back to work and then finally how quickly we can get back to interacting with the rest of the world for things such as tourism which are really really important to our economy and those are all the ingredients that we put into our forecasts and and how they vary between between forecasts the other assumption within the forecast is how much does the government do now Two or three weeks ago, we thought the $12 billion support package was pretty big. Now that looks pretty small, particularly if we're in this lockdown for a long period of time. And the governments, it's really encouraging to see them pretty open-minded that they just constantly see that support package as work in progress that needs to change to the scenarios. And that's an important part of the forecast as well as the assumptions that you make about how much support the government can provide. It's going to be in the tens of billions of dollars, 20, 40, 60 billion dollars uh, in New Zealand's case by the time we come out of this, uh, we think. It's very different, hey, because you start thinking about previous sort of uh, recessions. It's always like the commentary is all, all about the recession is going to take a long time to come out of, where what we're experiencing at the moment seems to be that almost the opposite, isn't it? Like it's once the lockdown 
uh, moves from say four to three, and then that will open up a little bit. Then it moves down to two, and we're trying to get back to, uh, to a bit more normality. That actually the recovery is going to be quite quick, which is sort of, I suppose, different to what we've seen previously, where recovery seemed to take a lot longer. Is that is that what we're expecting to to see? Absolutely, and and that um, that recovery uh, is is really a function of doing everything right. I mean, when you read some of these forecasts and the unemployment rate jumps to 25%, people of course go, well, the last time that happened was the Great Depression. And then they imagine years and years of, of uh, economic stagnation. The difference is that in the Great Depression, the reason unemployment rates got that high and stayed there for so long was they made so many policy mistakes in the, in the early years. Whereas now, all the policies that are um, carrying out are exactly right. We've learned our lessons. The problem with, with this is growth might return quite quickly, but there's going to be an awful lot of government debt. So there is a price to pay for this um, quick bounce back, and that is the, the government is going to be a bigger part of driving activity than what it has been in the past, and government debt's going to be a lot higher. But in terms of getting back to normal and not having a lost decade, uh, like we did in the uh, the 30s, Treasury's not uh, is is not including that in their forecast that we lose a decade, uh, and neither are we. And that's really a function of everything so far going right. The thing we don't know whether it's going to go right is just how well we we cope um, with uh, flattening the curve, making a vaccine, and and uh, and all of those things which relate to the virus rather than the uh, than the policies yeah. that are getting rolled out by central banks yeah. and the government. And then and then thinking about further afield because I suppose we're we're quite sort of focused on New Zealand, obviously for for really good reasons at the moment. But obviously, if you think wider around the economy, China and the US, it's like China seems to be sort of coming through it quite well. Uh, so maybe maybe a couple of comments on what you're seeing from China. And then maybe just move over to the states where maybe it's a different story at the moment. Yeah, those are those are really good things to focus on. I really enjoy reading reports from a few people I know in the uh, in the logistics and importing game, and, and because they've got people on the ground in China writing weekly updates on on what's happening, and uh, China is trying to. Uh, really get back to work and and get things working again so for all of us they are um the test case if you like of how well do these shutdowns work and how can you get back to work and not have flare-ups uh, uh, again in contrast we look at somewhere like the the states where they'll want to get to that stage down the track but it's easy to imagine it being way more fragmented in the states as you've got uh, state and federal instructions coming out that are sometimes conflicting and different experiences from state to state as well. So I think how the states come out of this will be different from China, just like the states has handled it all pretty badly in my mind in terms of the blowouts in cases, particularly in New York, that they've, that they've had. And uh, so watching them recover might be a different story from from china but in saying that uh, china's not out of the woods yet but they are the first country that we can really watch to see how they uh, how they open back up again and we'll have our experiment in opening back up again too uh, we've got some big advantages uh, in being small and being on an island so i'm i'm hoping that we'll do pretty well on our uh, on our opening up phase 
And so far, so good here in New Zealand. Exactly. And then I suppose uh, we, we, we've sort of tried to focus some on the positive things and uh, that have been happening, and there have been a lot. But I suppose the message as well going forward is there's still going to be lots of uncertainty that we're going to see on uh, the health crisis, but also share markets. I don't think we're certainly... We're not out of the woods yet, are we, Chris? Absolutely. There's 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 companies that we can see now are, have have made great decisions in the past, and their world has just changed on them. You can look at someone like uh, Kathmandu, that was very expansionary just prior to the um, to this crisis, and then they've had to go back to the market and do a capital raising. Uh, the Airport, Auckland International Airport, has had to do a massive capital raising because they just need money to weather through this uh, through this storm. And so this is changing the outlook for businesses and they, uh, we'll see more of that over the, uh, over the coming months as firms working out what do they need to do to, to get on with it, to survive in the first instance and, and then come out the other side. So... I think about of this in three stages. There's the crisis that we're in now. There's the transition phase, which China's in now. And then the third stage is the, the new world uh, that, that we wind up with at the end of, of, of this. And those three phases have uh, different implications for different companies at different uh, times. On a really positive note, uh, you look at it, uh, things like supermarkets, Fisher and Paykel, um healthcare, they're having to make really positive decisions about how to operate in an environment where they've got huge demand. And at the other end of the scale, you've got companies like Air New Zealand that are trying to work out how do we survive when we've got next to no demand. And so uh, that will impact firms in different ways. We'll start to see that in their results and their behaviours in terms of things like the capital raising um, that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. And there'll be plenty more of that over the next month or two. Yeah, and you've been really consistent about that type of message as well. That companies will react, won't they, to this to the situations they're in. So they'll start to think about how we do things differently. How do we market our products and services differently? How do we distribute differently? How do we just work differently? You know, if you just use ASB as an example, who'd have, who'd have thought in the space of a few days that you could get five thousand staff and get the majority of them? You know, over over sort of four and a half thousand people working from home for for a bank and still being able to interact with customers, uh, you know, actually arguably maybe in a better way than we did previously with the use of technology. It's quite incredible how we seem to be able to adapt, or businesses seem to be able to adapt to the the situations they're in. Oh, abs- absolutely! And one of the things I love about uh, businesses uh, is that no leader of a business ever has a strategy of how do we give up. Uh, they've always got strategies of how to survive and 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 prosper, and uh, that's where this time is fascinating to see what businesses are uh, are doing, and likewise to see the commitment from the government to 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 help them. There'll be plenty more of that that'll need to happen while we're we're shut down too. But businesses uh, always want to survive and always need to adapt, and there could be some really good things that that come out of this. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that might permanently change is the need to have big head offices where we all need to go for all our important meetings and so forth. This working from home and, and using different technologies, I think, works really well for a lot of people. Now, that in turn frees up a lot of infrastructure that would otherwise need if we stay committed to the idea of everyone jumping in their car and and driving to to work. So uh, it'll be really interesting in this next level of the lockdown where people that 
can work from home are required to just to carry on uh, reinforcing some of those habits. So there could be some really positive things that come out of this that actually allow businesses to go better in the future. And that'll be really interesting to see um, how that factors into the equation over the next year or two as well. Yeah, you're right. And also a nice segue into sort of customers that what customers are saying and the positivity. Like if you go back a few weeks, there was obviously a lot of panic for people around there, seeing their KiwiSaver balances go go down or their investment portfolios go down. And you know, that's that's really disconcerting for people. But I think in the last few weeks we've certainly seen a bit of a bit of a change and a, a more comfort coming back to customers. They're asking really good questions. They're looking a bit more forward. Uh, thinking rather than rather than back, uh, and it's you know, some of the stuff that I'm sure business owners are doing are sticking to the sticking to the basics, and uh, you know understanding what you're in, you know not making rash decisions and being calm in these types of uh, events. All those sort of uh, things that you you try and 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 say to people, but actually it's, we're starting to see that that behaviour come through. And I think one of the key parts, and you've had a big part to play in this, Chris, is the sort of communication. Because I think sometimes you can get caught up in this sort of vacuum of what's going on, but actually just clear, concise information telling you exactly what's going on and uh, and some guidance at these times are really important, aren't Chris? Yeah, absolutely. And I I like to comment that um, Aidan uh, made in an earlier podcast that he was really encouraged as the uh, as the head of KiwiSaver that ninety eight percent of people had done nothing. Uh, which is the right strategy for the majority of people, even when markets are volatile, is to stick with your well-thought-out long-term plans. And uh, so it's good to be a part of that. It's it's also really encouraging when investors uh, see this as an opportunity. It's no coincidence that um, the peak period of uncertainty for markets when uh, when they were very volatile and down a long way was when we saw people wanting to to, to cash up. There's not many people that are brave enough to go, this looks really terrible. I want to invest more on the bottom of the, the market. But it is really encouraging that some people see this downturn as a uh, as an opportunity because, gee, it was pretty discouraging over the last few years having people say, I don't want to invest because I think markets are too high. Now, people were saying that back in 2015 and 16, and they missed out on two or three phenomenal years for markets. So it's nice now that we're seeing dips, that some people are seeing it as a positive sign. And like Aidan said, it's encouraging that the majority of people are sticking with strategies that are that are pretty well yeah. thought out. So what else have you been talking with customers about, JB? Uh, a lot of it is just sort of uh, firstly listening to what people are saying and and sort of empathizing with them that it is actually, you know, it is uncertain. But it's it's the same thing I've been saying for a while. It is about the basics. It is about what's your time frame, what's the goal of the money? Uh, has anything changed that, you know, what you're trying to achieve? And a lot of the times that hasn't. And people are comforted by the fact that, yeah, that, that makes sense. They're, they're starting to now ask more questions, I suppose, around the way we manage money and what are we actually going to do, uh, which I think is awesome questions and so things around so are you going to make any changes to the so the assets that you invested in are you going to move uh, more money into this and that those are the types of things that you know we do on a quarterly basis and you know in the it's it sounds counterintuitive but you know you've seen uh, share markets go down you've seen sort of um, your balance in your portfolio maybe move away from stocks and shares and move balance more into fixed uh, interest and cash but what we do on a on a monthly basis, where you'd rebalance, and actually, we've we've been in the market buying 
buying equities to balance your portfolio back to your to your risk tolerance, which actually you know doesn't get talked about too much in the market, but it's actually a real positive for customers to keep you uh, in the right risk tolerance profile that you should be, but also taking advantage of some opportunities the market present. Because uh, there's always, there's always, uh, you know, there needs to be a buyer. There's always going to be a seller, isn't there? So um, yeah, there are definitely opportunities Absolutely. out there. And that's uh, um, that's what that's what I think you could. That's what you've got to focus on. But you know, comms and talking to people and being clear in in our messages is the is the thing that I, we're hearing from customers that they they value the most, which is which is lovely to hear. One of the things at times like this, when I saw those peak periods of selling. Um, when when we were seeing huge volumes and 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 high levels of calls, high levels of of people wanting to get out of investments, happened to coincide with the bottom of the market in this last couple of months, and so for me that reinforces uh, one of the things that I think you're essentially saying is uh, we stick with the long term plans, and uh, I've always liked that aspect of of what I do at the job. Is, is stick to things which work over the medium to long term because these short-term bouts of volatility are, are just impossible to time. And uh, so it's really comforting for me when I see the likes of you and the investment committee just sticking with the strategy, things like rebalancing portfolios and and sticking to well-thought-out themes. I think it's the way to go. Yeah, we had, I don't know if I mentioned it, but we had an investment committee meeting pretty soon after the sort of COVID started and the lockdown and um, Gavin Walker, who's the chairman of the bank, who used to be the chairman of the investment committee, came to the meeting and spoke for about 20 minutes. And it, his message was very clear around, you know, and he's been in the markets a long time and ran the, you know, uh, the super fund for New Zealand. And his message was very clear. This is the time where you stick to what you believe in. And that's that's critical because if you don't, that's when you tend, that's when you lose money and make the wrong decisions. So being very calm about it. What do you believe in? What's your processes? And those things pay massive dividends over the medium to long term. Uh, and it was lovely to hear. It was a really clear message that you know we all agreed with. You know you have you have your processes and they're there for a reason. And you believe in stuff. You don't suddenly change your beliefs just because something's changed. And that was I think that's that's really helpful and uh, some really good guidance for us. Hey, thanks, Chris. We'll probably just call it a call it a wrap there. And uh, as always, thanks very much for your uh, your time. Pity I can't see you, but I can certainly hear you. And so, uh, thanks again for your explanation of what's been happening and some insights in what the future might hold. So, uh, keep safe, uh, be kind, and speak to you again shortly. Great. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure to be on the uh, on the line with you, JB. And I look forward to the next one. Thanks for joining us today on the ASB Investment Podcast. If you have any thoughts on today's episode. Or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on future shows, please fire your suggestions through to podcasts at asb.co.nz.